Hello and welcome to the Michael Mama Show, Ancient Secrets Revealed, coming to you from Mount Soma, home of the Sri Sumeshwara Temple in the mountains of Western North Carolina. Um, this is an important subject today. And uh, just, you know, how not to destroy relationships, you know, on all levels. Uh, I think if people understood this and could conform to just the basic common sense of the thing, you know, world wars would have been averted. All these conflicts, interpersonal relationships uh, would be healthier. Uh, and it's so simple, you know, and, and, but the thing is, uh, this is really, it's, we could get really profound with it. We're going to say pretty much pragmatic level today, but, but just to reference the Mahabharata, uh, that whole war, that, that the whole part of the Veda, the Itihasa, uh, it's fundamental to the nature of existence. It's not just something, it is something that happened, but it's, it maps onto and it's um, inherent in the nature of existence itself. And so things cycle, you know, we go through periods of tremendous conflict and we're in that period right now with, um, in the greater cycle of existence. But there are also periods of harmony and of course, our goal is to um, have harmonious relationships. And it's not that hard to do. So we're going to go over that today, just the fundamental basics of, of it, you know. Uh, it's a rare knowledge, but it's an essential knowledge. See, the Mahabharata happens at every point in existence all the time. It's inherent in the structure of existence, in all of creation, Okay. Um, so this is a rare knowledge. I don't think many people really understand the, the Mahabharata. Even the people that know about it, I don't think they understand it on that most fundamental level. So, so it's a rare knowledge. And certainly even on, on the level of practical application, how we live our daily lives. It's a very rare knowledge, but it's so essential. Michael? Is there something that you can tell us about the Mahabharata that you're referring to happening at every point in space at every time? Yeah, basically there were these two groups and these guys, they got into a gambling thing and then they got into an argument over it and it just inflamed into a whole war and uh, it was a huge battle and uh kind of like the civil war, you know, some on one side were loved the people on the other side, many of them. And, but it was just, they all got all caught up in the conflict and uh, it was horrible, you know? So that scenario, the, the mechanic of those interactions is what we're talking about here. Right. Scotty is emotional stability. Because, I mean, it, the seed of the whole conflict was so inane, really. And I just see it in, in, in people's behavior. 
they get their button pushed, something upsets them, what have you. You see, upset and the resultant anger and things like that, it all comes from hurt. Anger is just a um, shroud of hurt. What's deeper than the anger is the hurt. And the anger is, is, is a result. And if we don't, if we're not capable of managing that process, then we lash out at people, even people we love, or internationally, one nation lashes out at another nation and you end up with a big war. And so what we want to talk about here is how do we not let that happen? How do we not destroy relationships? And that all comes down to to being able to sustain emotional balance, emotional stability. Now, on a theoretical level, you can say, oh, okay, well, if somebody's enlightened and everything, then they'll have emotional stability. It's, there's a degree of truth to that, you know. Um, but at the same time, we have to learn how, how to manage our life no matter what our level of consciousness. How do you keep your balance? See, one thing is it's, if we feel a hurt, it's not easy to really deal with it maturely, wisely, and we generally don't. We generally do one of two things. We either lash out and inflame the whole thing or we just bite our lip and don't say anything and hold it in and hold it in. And then it just builds and builds. And then when it finally gets beyond repair, we just explode. And that really ruins a relationship. But, but even if it's just a little lashing out, even if we're feeling a lack of balance, that has nothing to do with the other person, but we take it out on the other person. One little lashing out like that. It takes a, a lot. Well, it's, it's never really completely forgotten. And it takes so much kindness and repair and sweetness and stuff just to try to make up for it. But you never really make up for it. You damage the relationship. And so we, so we need to learn not to just lash out, but also not to just bottle it up, bottle it up, bottle it up, bottle it up until we explode. We need to learn how to, how to deal with it, how to work with it. Learn how to talk from a place of stability, even when you're under pressure, even when you're feeling pressured, even when you're feeling stressed. And that is a rare art. And even when we come home, I mean, we had a busy day, rough day. We had to, you know, behave professionally at whatever our job is and that. And then we get home and what do we tend to do? Okay, now I can relax and let down. And so we're no longer managing our life in a responsible manner. And then we lash out at our loved ones. But it's important, really. You compromise your own image, what people think of you. You compromise that. 
and it's not forgotten. It may be forgiven, but it's really not forgotten. A kiss does not make up for a punch, you know. You're better off speak responsibly. And if you can't speak responsibly, say nothing. This is a this is a universal principle. It's inherent in the nature of existence. And it just requires being attentive to your relationships. Life is all about people. If you learn how to deal with people properly, your life is better. Success is largely a function of how well you deal with people. The worst time to speak out is when you're angry. And there's a principle that I've heard in psychotherapy. You're not angry about what you think you're angry about. Usually, and you'll see it in people. I mean, if, if you'll know people um, if, that you can reference in your own life and think about this. They have a certain conditioning in their awareness a certain way of viewing things, a certain hurt that isn't about the current situation, but it's a hurt that they carry with them from childhood. And when that gets triggered in a relationship, we don't spontaneously go back, and, oh yeah, well that's related to the hurt that I experienced when I was seven years old or in my childhood, my whole upbringing, the family dynamic, no. We attribute it to the immediate situation. And that's that whole arena we don't perceive. We don't perceive, we project. Gosh. How many times do you hear somebody complaining about people or situations or dynamics? And when you're on the outside looking in, when it's not about you, it's easy to say, oh, well, you know, that's their issue. You're, you know, that's, they're not really thinking right. But it's not easy to do when it's your own inner dynamic, when it's your own projections and your own, your own way of viewing the world. So the best we can do in the short run is don't act on those impulses of anger, of lashing out. You compromise your image that other people have of you, and you compromise the relationship, you compromise the whole dynamic. And it's a lasting compromise. Anything else on that, Scotty? No, I think that was it. Yeah, I think just short and sweet, there it is, you know. The greatest gift, perhaps, that you can give another person is just kindness. You can say what you need to say, and you should. 
but it's through kindness. It's through communion. Communication is all about, communion is all about communication. And we don't just communicate with our words. We communicate with our behavior, with our attitude. You can tell when somebody's upset and, you know, commonly we say, oh, you can feel the energy. Uh, you can just tell. Call it energy, call it obvious, you know. All right. One thing I wanted to mention is, uh, have you seen that um, uh, YouTube channel, Scotty? I think we talked about it. Uh, Mystery History? Yeah. Yeah, it's, worth, it's worth checking out. I, I wouldn't say that every single post in that uh, on that channel is great, but some of them are great, really great. And they talk a lot about um, so many of these archaeological discoveries of uh, civilizations they're discovering that are 100,000 years old, even older. And uh, it's just fascinating. It's really good. And they do stuff on... Uh, the UFOs and stuff. I'm getting tired of this whole UFO thing. I mean, come on, people. You know, it's how I feel about it. You know, wake up. Uh, the world's not flat. And we're not the only living beings in the universe. It's ridiculous. The universe doesn't revolve around the earth. And I think we're having a hard time. I and mean, think about it. You know, we have our pets and we, you know, lord over in a sense our pets. They're dependent upon us. We're smarter than they are. Some people would argue that, but, but you know, we kind of run the show. And uh, we're used to being the top dog. And so it really pushes people's buttons and we feel so threatened, we think, oh, they're going to come and they're going to kill us all. What happens when the ETs invade? But, I mean, my God, if they were going to do it, they would have done it by now. This has been going on in perpetuity. I mean, it's been going on a long time. And we're just not comfortable with the idea that we're not top dog. Certainly not technologically and all like that. But you see, the thing is, everybody at the depth of their being is divine, is one with that source of everything, is the top dog. It's a beautiful thing. Even your dog is a top dog at the depth of their being, you see. And so it's a matter of evolution, how sophisticated our nervous system is, how we're fine, how we've cultured our psyche as it relates to this podcast even. But people, it's just time. I mean, get over it. You know, that's how I feel about it. You know. And we, there have been civilizations, come on. I mean, there have been civilizations way back when, thousands and thousands of years ago, that had flying machines, that even had UFOs. Uh, and you can read all about that in the Veda. The Veda is not just some mythology that was written 
It's an accounting. It's an accounting of the nature of existence. It's an expression of the nature of existence. And it's an accounting of the history of humanity. And the only reason that it's not front and center in people's lives is because we get caught up in a very small worldview. It's a small worldview. And we decide that's reality and we project it on everything. And if anything doesn't conform to it, then our attitude is it's wrong. It doesn't exist. It's not right. It's no way to live. It astounds me really that the Veda is there and you could say, well, wait a minute, you know, there's all these different things. And what about the Polynesian islands where they had their gods and everything? But again, it's the rigor that you can take a look at the Veda. You can read the Vedic literature. You can study it rigorously. And at some point, it's like when you study mathematics rigorously. Like this makes sense. This is right. It's not up for debate. You know, you wouldn't say to your math professor, if he marked your paper and you got an equation wrong, you wouldn't say, well, that's your opinion. You're entitled to your opinion. It's not my opinion. No, it's math. And there's, it's science. And there's a fundamental perfection to the underlying basis of existence. And that's what the Veda is. That's what the Veda is about. All right. We all have, you know, we're kind of like if if we're the sky and there are clouds in the sky. <coughs> Some of us have a clear area there where the sun shines through. Other areas are cloudy. Good example is Bobby Fischer, great chess player, but the guy was he went crazy, but he was still a great chess player. So we all have our clear, clear spots, and we also have our blind spots. And we need to learn to work with our blind spots, to be open to clearing those clouds. All right. <clears throat> I think that's it, Scotty. Anything else? Yeah, no, it's just, it's it's interesting that it seems like this time now we're talking about things that are out of balance, that the projectors on, you know, that are everybody's projectors are out of balance right now instead of working with that. Um, you know, in physics, they talk about parallel universes. Yeah. And uh, people think about it, you know, and they're kind of like sci-fi movies about it. And in this universe, you know, the whole dynamics one way and no universe, it's another way. They're going to figure out that what parallel universes are really about is here and now. Scotty, your universe is running parallel to my universe. It's all about projection. Projection is the inherent in the nature. It's right in the Mahabharata. Right in the Mahabharata, you know? Yeah. All right. Everybody, I hope that this is something that we can think about. 
and we can work with and help our friends and loved ones work with. And really, I mean, my goodness, we watch the news and we see the horrible things that are going on. And it's just because people don't maintain emotional stability right from the get-go. And then it gets so inflamed that you end up with a world war. Emotional stability would nip all that in the bud. We will all lash out from time to time, but the sooner we can come back into balance and, and the greater our ability to work with all that, the better off our world it would be. Okay, everybody, thanks for listening, and we'll talk again next week.